Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? When you work with Edward Jones, they focus on what's important to you. You'll work together and use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And they'll partner with you to help your strategy stay on track. Visit edwardjones.com or stop by the office of Todd Nash in Coralville, Jeff Rudolph, or Scott McGill in Iowa City, or or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Oh man, here we go again. Up early, feed the dog, out the door, traffic, at the office, boss in some kind of mood today, no time for lunch, annoying coworker, no time to relax, bedtime. Then we gotta do it all again? Uh, no way. Because the best way to break up the mundane every day is to play. At Wild Rose Casino and Resort, slots, tables, sports, and a whole lot of perks when you join and play with your club wild card. So, let's play. Wild Rose Casino and Resort, Clinton. Uh, good morning. It is five minutes after nine o'clock, and they have uh, told the bells now uh, in Pennsylvania for uh, United Flight uh, 93. Uh, 22 years ago today. Hawkfanatic.com brought to you by Patrick Eads and his staff and service department at Deary Brothers Ford on Mormon Trek. Steve Anderson, Hawkeye Title and Settlement. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars. GT Car and his crew at Supel Siding and Remodeling. Supel's Flowers, home of 1-800-800-ROWS. The Midtown Family Restaurants. Hertine and Stocker Jewelers 101 South Dubuque Street, downtown Iowa City. The Sanctuary Pub on South Gilbert. Premier Automotive in North Liberty. The Oxyokin in the Amanas. Streets Maintenance. The Wild Rose Casino in Clinton. And Dr. Lance Forbes, Diamond Dental in Cedar Rapids. Joining Jim and I, here's Pat Hardy from HawkFanatic.com along with Coach Don Patterson. Good morning, Don. How are you? I am well, Pat. How are you? I'm not bad. We were hoping we'd be talking about a win, and that is what we are doing. Not a hugely convincing win, but like you've said, a win is a win. They're 2-0. Can't be any better than that. So 20-13 to 13 over Iowa State. Let's, I mean, obviously the biggest topic of conversation in the wake of Saturday's game was the offense, and I'll just start by, Don, there were times where it didn't look a lot different than last season, the offense, Saturday. What, what I mean, I think it's yeah. getting better, but 235 total yards, 112 rushing yards, those are. I mean, I don't. I think it's too early to be concerned about the offense, but obviously the offense has some issues right now. Would you agree? We do have some issues on offense. Yeah, we need to be uh, more effective in, in creating some things for our backs to run. Our backs need to own that as well by being more determined to pick up yards after contact. Uh, those are two areas for sure where we need to improve. My favorite observation from Saturday, Pat, was that on offense, we were the more aggressive play callers. Oh, yeah. I mean, Iowa State was playing like it was a five-quarter game. I mean, yeah, no it's, sense it's of urgency. If, you know, I made the comment before, it seems like sometimes we've had problems against Wisconsin because we tried to beat Wisconsin by playing their game. 
you know, and by that I just mean ultra-conservative, uh, more control, and um, and find a way to win that game. It's hard to beat Wisconsin at that game. At least I'm talking about the old Wisconsin. Sure, sure. You know, where they ran the ball two out of three snaps at least and, and did play great defense and had a solid kicking game as well. Uh, but it was almost as if Iowa State uh, had decided the best chance for us to beat Iowa is to not make any mistakes. The only problem with that, you've always heard me say, hard to steal second if your foot's on first. Uh, you know, you got to take some shots. You got to, you got to take some calculated risk. Uh, it's hard for players just to generate on their own natural talent. Hard for them to generate his plays because the defense has so much to do with it. Mm-hmm. And hats off to the defense. We were out there too long, 75 snaps versus our 51. But the amazing thing, I would say that 75 snaps and left, and yet their longest game of the day was 16 yards. Mm-hmm. So not a single explosive play, as I define an explosive play, that would be 20 yards or more, not one. Mm-hmm. And that's outstanding defense. And the announcers talked about it, and they're right. You know, we just do a great job of keeping all eyes to the ball, keeping the ball in front of us, having proper leverage on the football. There's just no place to run. You know, there's. it seems like you always have to defeat two tackles, not one. Mm-hmm. And if, the, if they're properly sandwiching you between them, then good luck breaking those two tackles. Um, so that's encouraging. And, and uh, again, a pick six. Uh, let's face it, that was a huge play. Yep. So let's start off with the first big play of the game. They drive 15 plays with the opening possession. It looks like a routine field goal, and then Logan Jones decides otherwise. Yes, does a great job getting his hands up. Special teams. And people might say, "Well, that was only that was only a, a three-point thing." Well, at the end of the game, when we were up by seven, that three points looked huge. No, without because question. I promise yep. you. If, if, yeah, if we only had a four-point lead at the end of the game, we would have been sweating bullets, you know, because a touchdown would win. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt even if even if they were able to to somehow drive and score a touchdown at the end of the game, I didn't think they were going to go for two. They were playing at home, of course, and and um, and in a negative sense, they would have had momentum by scoring twice so late, and they would have reasoned we can kick the PAT and beat them in overtime. That's probably what they would have done. I don't know that, but it, I'll put it this way: if um, if Matt Campbell went for two and failed, he would be roasted at that point because they had the advantage of the home field and they and their fans were energized. They would have been energized at that point if they could have scored late. Uh, but so part of our defense, because we go on the field after we played it safe and punted, uh, you know, we were safe on three play calls and then we punted the ball to them. And yet they never made a first down on that last opportunity. You know, Don, I thought um, I thought Iowa State looked like an offense where the quarterback is playing before he's ready to play. They didn't look like they had a lot of faith in this kid, and it's understandable with the circumstances. I mean, they thought Hunter Deckers was going to be their quarterback. This kid's been accelerated. Yeah, I, right. I don't think he has a real strong arm. He didn't look. He looked a little reluctant to run. They just look like they didn't have any type of vertical approach to that defense. And after a while, like you said, Phil Parker, just keep your guys in front. And it just never really felt like Iowa State had much of a chance to score. Now, they did at the end there. I'll give them credit. 
But I just thought the quarterback, I think he could turn out to be okay, but he just seemed a little overwhelmed. And his arm strength was yeah. not great. There were a couple times where he had to throw from one hash to the other, and he had trouble getting there. I, I just think that their, their, their quarterback situation right now is a concern. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. And they were determined not to beat themselves. Yes. Uh, and they did that with their offense. They, didn't, they only turned it over once. Uh, although that was a really costly one, that's for sure. Isn't it ironic that play almost looked identical to the play they had against against you and I the week before? Yeah, yeah. It, no, it really it was. And the thing with the Iowa running game, I mean, what J.J. on Patterson, obviously, and this is what I wrote about today, Kirk has been making a point to include him anytime he talks about the running back since last season. We'd ask him about LaShawn yeah. and Caleb, and he'd always bring in Jay-Z. Now we know why. I mean, he's going to play. They have a three-headed attack now at running back. Now the challenge is going to be to keep Caleb and Jay-Z happy because LaShawn, to me, he's that veteran guy. He seems to kind of accept his role. They put him a lot in for pass blocking. What Moving forward, don't don't you expect to see a lot more Jay-Z on Patterson now? Yeah, you know, you couldn't help but notice number two started the game, but on our third offensive play, number nine's in the game. Yes. just And, and furthermore, it's third and one. Uh, and, of course, it was a 59-yard game, so you got to give credit to Jay-Z on for hitting the hole hard. Which he does. Uh, and, um, and, you know, we didn't have a huge amount of running room on that play, but we certainly had enough, that's for sure. Uh, so a huge game to flip the field, and and uh, uh, but you put yourself in the shoes of Caleb, of course. If he's leaving the field on third and one on the third play of the game, that's got to be a little bit disappointing. And I would imagine he might interpret it well. The coaches don't have great confidence in me, but it's my it's partially my fault, you know, because I got to do a better job of. Well, Don, you remember last uh, week in the season opener, Jazion was in there on the very first series. Remember, he caught that 18-yard screen pass. They had him in right away. Correct. So, I mean, yeah, and I couldn't help but notice in the second half, on the second play of the second half, number four was in the game. Yes. So, uh, so all three of those backs realized, you know, I better perform because uh, Coach Betts is not going to hesitate to go to the next guy. Exactly. And. Uh, and Liddell has good judgment on who should be in the game. It's, I'm sure it's a little confusing to the other team. Uh, but the good news is that uh, number two and number nine have different running styles. They do. I would say number four is a little more like number nine with how he runs, mm-hmm. uh, uh, which is a, they're all a good thing. You know, There's nothing wrong with having a couple of backs that are a little bit different with how they run. Oh, sure. As long as they're both they're both effective, or all three are effective, someone made the observation. Does it remind you a little bit of Nick Bell and Tony Stewart? Uh, and I guess you could say that, you know, uh, because Caleb is um, a little bit more like Nick Bell. You know, he's a big, strong guy, just forty pounds lighter. And of course, yeah, and um, and of course, Jason is a little more like Cedric Shaw, I would say. Uh, so it's there's nothing wrong with having a different running style on the part of a couple of backs as long as they can both be effective with what they do. No, no, you're right about that. And now, as far as McNamara, um, I'm not. I never thought he was a dual threat quarterback. I saw, um, but he looks. I mean, obviously he's not healthy right now. The downfield passing game right now is struggling. He's have the receivers. The wide receivers aren't catching a lot of balls. Are you concerned about the passing attack, or do you think a lot of this is just it'll come and McNamara is still hurt and they're being careful? What? Because I just the downfield. I mean, I just wasn't that they had 123 yards passing. Right. 
I am uh, I have some concern about the passing game, and I'll explain it this way. We do a good job. We are tight end you, after all. Oh, without question. So uh, there's always going to be plenty of targets for the tight end. Mm-hmm. And deservedly so. An and it's going to be productive. You know, we're going to have a good yards per attempt to tight ends. The ball generally comes out pretty quick, of course, and, and that means we, we um, are going to be able to avoid a lot of sacks as it relates to throwing the ball to the tight end. The bigger issue I have going forward, I am concerned about uh, how infrequently we target the wideouts, and for that matter, how infrequently we target the backs. Mm-hmm. You know, those percentages are lower than the average. If you want to look at Big Ten play, I'm sure that the targets would be less than the average team. And uh, and yet, targets to the tight end, of course, would be more than the average team. So I'm a little concerned about that. Uh, part of that responsibility, just like it relies, it, it weighs on the backs. If we can't run the ball better, they have to shoulder some of that blame. Well, the same thing applies to the wideouts. If we're not getting a lot of targets, we've got to do a better job of getting separation. We've got to do true. a better job of getting open. Mm-hmm. We've got to be more reliable in catching a ball. I don't think catching a football has been much of an issue. Seems like when the wideouts have touched it, they've generally caught it. Yeah. But, but we have we could do a better job of getting separation than what we have. Uh, and frankly, it's not all the court the um, the wideouts' fault. Part of that responsibility has got to go to the coaches because we have to engineer plays that give them a chance to be uh, wide open, if mm-hmm. you will, or at least uh, well open. I'll say it that way. So, uh, you know, I would challenge the coaches, let's be innovative. Let's come up with some new and unusual ways to get them open. Let's try to play to their strengths. And, and, and obviously you're, you're, uh, you're considering the opposition as you do so. So I'm sure we'll have some diff- The thing that did please me, though, is we took shots down the field. Yeah. And we didn't have a great, great percentage on them, but it wasn't because we didn't try. And for that matter, there were good productive plays down the field. How about 35 yards on third and two? That's a good play. That was. I thought Brian Ferentz had a pretty good day calling plays. I, I didn't think that was an issue yeah. at all. Yeah, we actually three different times we went play action pass on third and short. Uh, at this point, I would suggest they're alert that we might go play action on third and short. Mm-hmm. We did it three times in one game, uh, but I was still pleased that we did because it, it reminded them you better not try to gang up on us and, and load the box because we might cross you out. Uh, you know, part of good play calling is keeping the other team uncomfortable mm-hmm. with how with what might be coming next. Here's a prime example. Did you see KU on Thursday night? Did I see what? Yeah, I watched Can. Yeah, I was very impressed with Kansas. You know, it's funny. We were watching the game here, and Lisa made the comment. She said, "It looks to me like Andy really did a really good job of learning from you about play calling," and I thought it was. I thought it was an accurate statement. Uh, Andy Kolnick, he's a guy that nobody really knows much about. He's their offensive coordinator, but he was a grand assistant for me at Western Illinois. And I don't I don't know that Andy deserves all the credit, but uh, he deserves a lot of it because he is the play caller. And they, they had a very – I texted Andy after the game, and I said, congratulations, Andy, on a really good performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, hats off to you because your offense shows imagination – and innovation. Um, I, I couldn't be prouder of you for the job you did as a coach for KU. And he texted me back and he said, thanks, Coach, that means a lot coming from you. But I was just being honest. Illinois didn't know what to do. They no. were off balance all, all night long, really, with 
KU's play calling, and it does help to have a quarterback like KU. Uh, that's what I was going to say. He reminded me of Brad Banks in some ways, even yeah, a little. Go ahead. Yeah, he's not such an asset unless you call plays that that uh, give him a chance to do what he does. And they did that, and and uh, we have made progress with our play calling. No doubt in my mind of that, because in game one and game two, we were we were more aggressive with how we called the game. That's a good thing. I thought KU was way more. Chance to make plays. I thought KU was way more. I thought Kansas was way more athletic than I assumed they would be at skill positions. From the quarterback, the running backs, they just had a bunch of guys who could make plays in space. Yeah, and and one way to to be able to gain an edge with your athleticism is to put the other team into a into a mode where they don't really know what to do. Mm -hmm. You know, the best way to play great defense is to be able to play fast. And Illinois, they lost some of that, that confidence they had with what was coming next. I don't think they had a good idea as to how KU was going to uh, run the game. And I think – and, and go ahead. Yeah, they did a great job of keeping Illinois off balance. Illinois also doesn't have a Chase Brown, Bill Cow running back that they can just rely on. I think they got some okay running backs, and I was not that impressed with the quarterback. I know he's a transfer from Mississippi, but I – think DeVito played better than that guy played the other night. I just it just didn't look like the same type of Illinois team at quarterback and running back. Do you agree with that? Yeah, they do miss the running back a lot. Of course, he was a game breaker. He sure and was. They do miss, in particular, some guys in the back end on defense. Oh, without question, the cornerback, uh, Weatherspoon. Yeah, that defense last year was one of the best. This year, uh, the jury's still out. It appears that they might not be. They certainly might not be as good as last year. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And they won a lot with defense last year, including the Iowa game. But, okay, now as far back to Iowa with McNamara, I thought he would do more rollouts and more throwing on the run. Could that simply be a product that they're they're, they're having him do what he can do physically right now? Because he's doing a lot of just stationary passing from the pocket. I thought – and, I mean, when we got him – you know, the fans and media, oh, this is going to help because the pocket will be will be more mobile. With Spencer, the criticism was, oh, he just stands back there. Cage doing a lot of that now, but do you think some of that is due to the injury? My my guess is that it is. Yes. Okay. Uh, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna put Cage in the position to be vulnerable. Of course, if we can win the game by by having him throw out of the pocket and being secure with our pass protection, then that's a good way to go. I. Uh, I was encouraged to read in the paper, you know, I got the impression from Kate's comments that he was feeling better after game two. Than he, he did say that. Game one. Yeah, he did say that he yeah, did not so regress. A, yeah, that's a good thing. You know, he made it to the game just fine. Uh, he did a good job of running the offense. Uh, there were times when he wanted to throw the ball downfield uh, and, and chose wisely not to, I think. Maybe not as many as in the first game. It seems like we... We checked the ball down more against Utah State than we did last week against against um, Iowa State. There was that one interception. The only thing that bothered me about that play, that's what I call a Vegas concept, where we're throwing the ball to an inside receiver that's working deep downfield. First off, it was really soft coverage on our, on our slot receiver, uh, and that's not an ideal way to situation to run that particular concept. And so the DB was on top of him, the same safety that intercepted the passes the week before. And um, and the only way that the only thing that, based on the fact that we threw the ball to that inside receiver who was matched up on the safety, mm-hmm. the one thing Chase could have done, he probably knows this already, 
is uh, we do have a phrase where we talk about about throwing the receiver open. And that simply means throwing the ball away from the defender so that only our guy can get it. And and the receiver knows, you know, Kay's not throwing it for me to come in and catch it, but he's throwing it so that the defender cannot get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, based on the location of the throw, of course, the DB had a good chance to play it. I do think maybe there should have been a flag thrown there for interference. We didn't get the call. I know Iowa State fans would say that we should have been flagged a few times, too, for interference. It was definitely interference, they, though, on that play. They, yeah, they they um, you know they just kind of let them play, and, and I, I don't like that because I'd rather the officials call defensive interference when it happens because it happens too much. I think that's, that's part of the problem with our game now is DBs are able to get by with more than what they should be able to. So Don, if you, uh, I think the NFL is more consistent with their calls on defensive pass interference than college officials are. So Don, if you were in Kirk's shoes right now, would you be tempted to sit McNamara out this Western Michigan game, or is that just too much disrespect? And hey, he's just going to have to battle through this. Would it be tempting to give him like just a full week of nothing, and then maybe get him back? It would be. Yeah, it would be tempting, but. I'll say this, Pat, neither you or I know enough about Kate's injury. Exactly. You're right. know what That's... call makes the most sense. Kirk does know that, of course. Mm-hmm. He'll make the best decision as to what to do with this game. I will admit, after the game, immediately after the game, I started thinking, let's see, Sunday's an off day. If we gave Kate a week of rest, that would be eight consecutive days where we could simply rehab and get treated mm-hmm. uh, and and recover maybe a significant amount from where he is. Uh, we simply don't know if eight days would matter that much. What I don't want us to do, and I hope we don't do this, I hope we don't say, well, okay, it'll be a game-time decision, so we're going to practice him this week and we'll decide on Saturday if he can play against Western Michigan. I hate to do that because to work him out during the week, even if it's uh, an abbreviated practice schedule for him, uh, it's still not giving him that full opportunity to rest and recover. Well, that So if eight days of recovery doesn't matter, then I guess we'll just march on forward and, and protect him as best we can with our play calling and then hope that he just gradually gets better from one week to the next. I mean, he was questionable for the Iowa State game up until kickoff. Just I think that's going to be kind of their M.O., because um, now with the new rule, all you have to do two hours before the game is say who's not going to play. You can still list them yeah. as questionable, and that's what they did with him. And, I mean, I don't want to show any disrespect to Western Michigan, trust me, but don't you think Iowa should be able to beat – that's not a great MAC team right now from what I can tell. Don't you think they should be able to beat them with their backup quarterback, or am I asking too much? Is that just naive on my part? Because you're no, right, Kirk knows no, way more about the injury. Asking, that's not asking too much, and it's – if you're not sure that that's the case, then you could just ask Kentucky from the bowl game. Uh, you know, Iowa can still win with someone other than the starting quarterback. Yes. Uh, and we proved that against Kentucky. But, um, uh, yeah, I just don't know. I, it's safe to say that this is not a great Western Michigan team. No. 48-7 to versus Syracuse, of course, uh, says a lot about the problems they have because I'm not sure how good Syracuse is either. Uh, they're clearly superior to uh, the Western Michigan. But uh, we just simply don't know. Uh, one other point I will make, which I think will make sense to you, one thing we do know is Kate did not play against 
against Western Michigan, and there'd be no setback on his end during the game itself. Uh, and let's not forget, if he's less than 100% next Saturday, then he is, just by by the nature of the game, he is more susceptible to injury in the game. No, you're right. That's a good point. Than he would point. be if he were 100% healthy. As we saw against Utah State, obviously, he was put in some pretty stressful situations, and you could tell that he was hurt. And the thing is, Don, I don't think they can win at Penn State with what they're doing on offense right now. I mean, I, I, mean, I don't want to sound like a – gloom and doomer but do you agree with that I and I think what they're doing right now some of it is caused by Cade not being 100% I think their hands yeah. are tied in a way yeah I think I think you're probably right uh you know another way to think of it do we really want to try to beat Penn State without uh having all of our uh, all of our weapons in place you know without having full access to any and all plays uh you know we need to be um, all hands on deck for, for Penn State, obviously. And um, I don't know. But I, the, the thing I have great confidence in, Kirk does know precisely what the doctors know. Yes. And he'll make a good decision. If, if the eight days of rest could make a significant difference in Cade's health, I'd be all for it. And let's face it, those backup quarterbacks need to play too. That's a good point, yeah. Because uh, they're going to be better suited to play if and when they have to go in. Uh so that's another argument for resting Cade. Um, I don't know what will happen. It'll be interesting to see. I'm sure that the the backup, the two backups, will um, you know get more than a few snaps during the week in preparation for Saturday. It's only to cut back a little bit on Cade's workload from one practice to the next. Obviously, it'd be great to get off to a quick start, get a big lead, get Cade out of there, get Deacon and Joey some reps. In case Cade goes down, because I'll tell you, Penn State, I know Delaware's not. They beat them 62-7. to They scored a ton of points against West Virginia. West Virginia's not great, but that's still a, you know, that's a power five decent football program. This Penn State team, at least offensively, right, this looks like a pretty good Penn State team. Do you, do you agree? It looks to me like it might be the best Penn State team that, that the he's had. had. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah. their running backs are dynamic. They've got the best offensive lineman in college football. And Drew Aller may end up being a step up from Sean Clifford if he keeps – I mean, he's got an NFL arm. No, this is, that's going to be a tall order out there. Yeah, he's been impressive. And let's face it, if you're a Penn State fan right now, you're thinking this is the year when we can beat both – Ohio State and Michigan. Yeah. Uh, that's a tall tall order, of course. But right now, Penn State has to feel that they have as good a chance as, as the other two. Yep, and they have Michigan. and uh, They get Michigan in uh, Happy Valley. They go to Ohio State. But I'm not overly impressed with Ohio State right now. They're, I mean, their running game, despite all the five-star running backs, is pretty average. The quarterback's okay. I don't know. This this doesn't look like a powerhouse juggernaut Ohio State team. Now, when I say that, I still expect them to win nine to eleven games. I mean, they're extremely talented. Yeah. But uh, have you seen them play enough? Work, they are a work in progress. Yeah, they're not a championship team right now. No, not at all. Not not at all at this stage. Now, well, since we're talking about teams, yeah. and I wanted to, um, did you watch the Colorado Nebraska game? You know, I, I watched a little bit of it. But not a lot. I didn't see much of it. Um, I guess it's good for college football that there's that much enthusiasm with a program that has not had much enthusiasm in years. Um, but, uh, you know, Nebraska, if I'm a Nebraska fan, I'm pulling my hair out because I'm thinking we're still shooting ourselves in the foot uh, way too often. And um, maybe that'll, you know, maybe 
Uh, you've heard me say Matt Rule's an outstanding coach. I, I can't imagine that he's not going to solve it. Uh, but over, it's going to take some time. And a quarterback. And then, of course, they might have taken too many hits to, to have a great season. But uh, I'd much rather play in Nebraska now than play him in November. I'll say that. Yeah, that's a good point. I just didn't think Deion's son was as good a quarterback as he is, man. He can throw the ball. I mean, he's got almost 1,000 yards passing in two games. I think he's like over 900 yards. It's just been incredible. I mean, what they've done on that second yeah. half, it was just a complete wipeout. Nebraska had no answer for them. Here's a question for you, Pat, and I don't, I don't even know the answer to this. Did TCU play on Saturday? And if so, what was the result? I do not know if TCU played on Saturday. Sorry, I do not. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I didn't notice the score, but I wasn't looking for it either. I don't think it's going to be a great TCU is, team. Yeah, my, my point is maybe TCU, you know what preseason rankings are all about. Yeah. It's just somebody's best guess. Uh, and and there are any number of preseason top twenty five teams that will not finish in the top twenty five. You know that. Oh yeah, and the over under on Colorado wins for this year was three. TCU did play yeah. uh, Saturday uh, against Nicholas State, a forty one six. Okay, so that doesn't really yeah. tell us much. Um, but you know the over under on Colorado out of Vegas for wins this year, Don was three. So this is something yeah. nobody expected. How long it lasts? I still say Colorado looks like they could be a little vulnerable in the interior on both sides. They're not real big, but they have such incredible skill players. And this quarterback, um, Deion Sun, is just, I mean, he's lights out. I mean, he throws such a soft, catchable ball. And I just didn't, I, I just, I didn't expect that. So it's quite a story, but it'll be interesting because like Dion said after the game, they were doing the disrespect card going into all this stuff. They don't have that now because the whole nation's just in love with them now. It'll be interesting to see how they handle success because, as you know, you, to go from disrespect to being the top dog, that's, that's a different mentality, right? Yeah, that's true. I flashed back to the, to the 1985 season. I remember vividly we were over at Iowa State. I believe it was game two, uh, and we beat them convincingly. And as we were busting back, somehow uh, we had an idea even then we're probably going to be number one in the polls this week. And so you go from being the hunter to being the hunted. And uh, it's a little extra additional burden to carry a high ranking uh, into each and every game because you're going to get everybody's best shot. That's a good point, yep. Okay, looking at Kirk, 200, um, 200 career wins, as expected. He downplayed it and said it was all the people around him, which most coaches do. But just, I mean, you know, I mean, can you put into words what – to win 200 games like Kirk has, I mean, what what can you describe what kind of an accomplishment that really is? Well, I don't mind. Uh, I don't think Kirk would mind either. I uh, I texted Kirk congratulations, and uh, it said something like this: "Congratulations on another milestone victory. Uh, it is once again a Hawkeye State, and you, Kirk, are proof. And I made proof in all caps." You are proof that that great character can withstand the test of time. And Kirk has done that. You know, he's got great character. Nobody can question that. Uh, nobody can question his motives from one year to the next. Uh, and his record has stood the test of time. And, and I'm proud to say we've had two coaches in 45 years. That's pretty amazing. I'm it pretty is. sure both of them did a lot of things right to be able to get that done. Yeah, and for Kirk to be able to sustain – 
with a offense that more times than not has been below average. That says, I mean, they're elite on defense and they're elite on special teams. I think the hope is that this year they can at least be average. They haven't gotten there yet, but they are 2-0. and I mean, you can't replace 2-0. and So I don't want to sound overly concerned about the offense, but I am concerned about the offense. I mean, it's a fair concern, isn't it? Yes, it is. And think of it this way. Uh, you know, people would say, well, what's the problem? Look at our one-loss record. Well, good records are nice, but our goal is to win them all. Yes. I mean, Kirk would tell you that. That's our goal, to win them all. And it's hard to do, and the best chance you have to do that is to is to create uh, the smallest uh, margin for error possible. In other words, right now, if we're if we're uh, suspect on offense, it puts extra pressure on the defense in the kicking game, and we have less margin for error. Prime example from last season would be the Illinois game. You know, to give up nine points. Usually that's going to generate a win. Mm-hmm. But on that particular day against that particular team, it wasn't quite enough. Uh, so we need, we need the greatest possible margin for error. Uh, or another way to say it, what if we are minus two on turnovers? Are we going to have any kind of chance to win that game? Uh, based on the way the, the last um, season went and, and so far this season, probably minus two is going to get us beat. Um, and so, and the good news is we do a good job protecting the ball. We do a good job generating turnovers on defense. Maybe we'll never be minus two this year. We certainly hope not. But if we are minus two, it's going to be a problem. Uh, and we're not going to be um, maybe as high-powered enough on offense to be able to overcome the loss of that ball a couple of three times. One question I get asked a lot, and I've had some people want me to ask you this, it's – some fans are like, why does Iowa have so many running plays, especially on first down, that go nowhere or that lose yards? Can you put a finger on that? Because they do have a lot. They fa- There's a lot of second and 12s and what have you. It just seems like there's four or five running plays a game that just completely break down. Is that usually just one guy not doing his assignment, or is it sometimes defense just making a great play? Well, that's the, that's the problem you've heard me say before. When we had our All-American center, I said it's it's reassuring to know our All-American center is going to block his guy all day long. The only problem is we really measure our run-blocking success by asking the question, how did all five of them do in the offensive line? Mm-hmm. And, and sadly, if one guy gets beaten, it might be enough to ruin the play. If two guys get beaten, you just about count on it that it's going to ruin the play. So that's the challenge, is to create scenes in the defense and for our guys to be able to hit those things and hit them hard and hit them quickly and, and sliver into daylight. You know, that's that's the best you could hope for. Typically, if we got to give the defense credit for trying to mess us up. So sometimes it's some kind of, some kind of, uh, um, some kind of stunt that's designed to disrupt the running game. And sometimes those players don't charge where they're supposed to. And if, if it's well-conceived, then we may give up some penetration into our backfield. We don't want to, but it's the nature of the game. They're trying to mess us up, and we're trying to mess them up, too. Uh, Sometimes they win. Sometimes the charge does penetrate the line of scrimmage, and now sometimes our back doesn't have a great place to go. Mm -hmm. That's how you end up with the minus twos and minus threes sometimes. Uh, But one way to counter that, of course, is to keep them honest at least by, by taking some shots down the field from time to time. Then at least they can't really... Pack the box, and you know what I mean when I say pack yes. the box. Mm-hmm. 
And then, uh, we need to force them to defend the field, and that gets them further away from the ball and gives us more opportunity to run. And in fairness to Brian Ferentz, there were a couple plays had Iowa executed better. He would have looked even better. I mean, the one Cade would love to have that throwback to Seth Anderson where he where Seth beat his man on that vertical route, and, and Cade just overthrew him. He also overthrew Lachey on a down and out where, I mean – a better throw, those are big gainers for Iowa. You know the one with Seth Anders where he blew by the defender and he was he had nothing but green grass, but he just overthrew him. I, there's nothing a play caller can do in those situations. Yeah, I, lo- I love um, throwing the ball when you're backed up inside your 10-yard line because people don't expect you yeah. to do it. It does take a little bit of guts to do it. As I recall, we were on the minus eight, and uh, it was a second and 14, as I recall. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Um, it reminds me one time we were playing over at uh, Illinois State when I was at Western Illinois, and um, they had the wind at the at their back, and and they killed a punt inside the five, and then they killed another punt inside the five, and finally the third time we started off inside the five, I made a comment. I said that's enough. We go we go play action pass, and put only two receivers out and gave max protection and threw the ball 99 yards for a touchdown. <laughs> uh, so uh, you can imagine that's just that's just ripping their heart out when you do that to a defense. Uh, and sometimes it, it's, it's a bold move. I mean, let's face it, it's a, a bold decision to make. But you could argue, well, they don't expect us to throw down here, so they're certainly not in pass rush mode. They're, they're geared to defend the run. So it does give us a chance to have enough time to throw the ball down the field. Uh, good route by Seth, incidentally. He's already proven in two games he's a good route runner. He is. And he does have soft hands. So he's a good pickup. I couldn't help but notice Higgins for them, for Iowa State, was a transfer from Eastern Kentucky. Yes, he was. Had big so stats the down there. Football world, I hope the football world starting to understand. There are a lot of good players in FCS football. Exactly. And we're seeing some of them in the FBS. Because the, the really good ones are transferring up. That's a problem for FCS is because you're going to lose some of your better players that don't have to sit out when they transfer up. Uh, but that's just the nature of the base. That's what we have right now. So uh, that's a unfortunate result uh, for uh, FCS footballers. They're going to lose some of their top players. And on defense, I'm, I'm so far I've been really impressed with Jay Higgins, and I thought Nick Jackson had a much better game against Iowa State than he did the first game. I thought he was okay the first game, a lot more active this game. I'm not saying there's Jack, they're Jack Campbell and Seth Benson, but they look like they have two solid linebackers on defense yet again. Do you agree? I do agree. I had special mention on defense. I mentioned uh, three guys, uh, and, of course, Sebastian. Uh, I have no problem making Sebastian the player of the game sure. based on that huge pick six. But Cooper DeGene, 10 total tackles, six of which were solo. One pass broken up, I couldn't help but notice uh, he's still a killer on punt coverage, too. He is. Uh, he can do it all. He probably does have an S on his chest underneath that Iowa jersey uh, because uh, he feels punts flawlessly. He covers punts. There's really not much he cannot do. I would imagine he'd be a really good Wildcat quarterback. I'm not recommending that, but <laughs> uh, it, just, it just supports my argument that he can do it all. Uh, Nick Jackson, though, nine total tackles, three of which were solo, one quarterback hurry. And here's, I think, the biggest unsung hero of the day, Joe Evans. Yeah, he was all over uh, the place. He had five total tackles, one pass broken up. You remember that? This was on that last series of downs. 
Uh, he recognized they're going to throw. He got his hands up, batted the ball down, and they gave us fourth and one that we that we also stuffed him on. Uh, and I had him for four quarterback pressures. Yeah. They only had him for two. I guess it must have been an Iowa State person <laughs> identifying pressures because I saw four of myself. Well, he was chasing Beck all over the place from sideline to sideline. Yes, he, he was. was. His he motor was, was incredible. He was, playing like he, he was playing like he grew up in Ames and wanted to do harm to the Cyclones. Yes, he was, and he gave uh, the pregame speech, too. That's where he did grow up. Yep, yep. He was a quarterback for a buddy of mine from junior high. Bruce Vertinen was his high school coach. Bruce and I grew up together. But Joe was a typical Iowa player under Kirk Ferentz. I mean, Dave, their ability to see diamonds in the rough and then see a position for them, to me, that may be one of Kirk's greatest strengths. I mean, I mean, Joe Evans didn't have any Division One. Iowa gave him a chance, and now look at him. He's a six-year defensive end. He's going to leave here a three-, four-year starter. And emotionally, I think he gave them a huge edge and a huge edge in that game. And Don, they started, they were winning 20 to three. I thought they were on the verge of blowing them out. I mean, I really did. I'm like, okay, this, I'll give Iowa state credit. They didn't fold. They did come back a little bit, but no, Iowa for three quarters of that game, I thought Iowa looked like the better team easily. Didn't you? Yes. Yes. And you couldn't help but feel if we played them 10 times, we'd beat them a lot more than five. Yes, I agree. We might, we might beat them eight or nine out of 10. Uh, so it was it was good that we, um, you know, we certainly didn't do anything to lose the game. You know, we we protected the ball, we eliminated big plays. Uh, here's an interesting thing: we also proved that we can win even if Tory Taylor does have a very average day for him. Yeah, that's a good uh, point. He he averaged forty six point three. The Iowa State punter averaged 51.8. Their punter's good. So every time they traded punts, they picked up five and a half yards. I didn't. That probably won't happen the rest of the season. I don't know that anybody will outpunt Tory the rest of the season. Well, 46 is still pretty but, good. Uh, oh, yeah. It is pretty good. But uh, but some of those yards were actually on the ground. They I mean, were. Some of them were, was roll yardage. It was, not, it was not Tory's best day. He's only human. We shouldn't expect him to be perfect. Um, but um, even on an off day, he's pretty darn impressive. You're right about that. Yeah, but no, Iowa State does. I believe he's a so- – and I think this transfer from Nebraska gives them a pretty decent kicker. They they look like they're going to be better than they usually are on special teams. I just think the gambling stuff has really hurt them. I mean, they were not ready for someone besides Hunter Deckers to be their quarterback this year, and it's going to be interesting. This kid's on an accelerated course now, and but that's no longer our concern. Our concern is – Looking forward to the Big Ten, and let's kind of look around the Big Ten. Obviously, Don, I don't want to sound too critical, but the West is not very good right now. Does not look very good to me. I watched that Wisconsin. I don't. Maybe Washington State's going to end up being a 10, 11, 12 win team. Wisconsin just didn't look very good. I just was not that impressed with them. Did you watch any of that game? I did. Uh, history says Wazoo will not do that kind of damage over the course of the season. No. Uh, but I will admit that they. They won at Camp Randall last year. They obviously um, feel like they match up well against Wisconsin, even though Wisconsin's style of play uh, on paper is going to be considerably different than last year. Uh, I think you're right about this. I know one week earlier I was impressed. You're going to make the comment. I'm, I'm, I'm concerned that Wisconsin might be the kind of offense that can run for 300 one week and throw for 300 the next. Well, they certainly couldn't run for 300 against Washington State. Couldn't do anything. And, yeah. um, and maybe Buffalo wasn't as good as we thought they were going to be because you may not be aware of this. Buffalo somehow managed to lose to Fordham last weekend. Really? Uh, and that's a, that's a killer loss. Nobody saw that coming. Uh, 
Um, maybe the stars had to be perfectly aligned for Fordham to beat them, but but Fordham did upset them. And Fordham is a not very good FCS team traditionally. Um, maybe Fordham's made progress, but it's hard to imagine that they're that good. I just wasn't that impressed uh, with Wisconsin's the, offensive line. It just didn't. Yeah, getting back to the conference in the West, Wisconsin was disappointing against Wazoo. Illinois was disappointing against KU. Uh, Nebraska continues to shoot themselves in the foot, it seems. Um, you know, Purdue's. I didn't think Purdue could go to Ball Tech and win, but they did. So, you know, maybe they're going to be. A, a lot of people do rave about their quarterback. That's a big win for them. That'll help them. But I still, I still feel that there's no way that Purdue is going to be the same kind of offensive team that they were under Jeff Brown. Now maybe they'll pull it off. But as you know, they lost a, a good quarterback last year. They lost a, a tight end to the draft early. They lost Charlie Jones. Those are all hard people to replace. They did get that transfer from Texas. But, Don, I think that game down there may say more about Virginia Tech than Purdue. Virginia Tech has really been on a decline here steadily for a while, and I I think that's maybe a major red flag for Virginia Tech, but still don't want to take anything away from Purdue. I mean, that's a big win. I mean, if Iowa went down and won at Virginia Tech right now, we'd be praising that. So, no, don't take anything away. But this West is so winnable this year. I mean, if Iowa can just be average – that game included a lot of weather delays. It did. And at that point, whatever home field advantage they have, I'm sure they lost a lot of that home field advantage because of the weather. Yeah, no, that weather was a big factor. You saw it in the NFL, too. I mean, the Cincinnati Bengals only had one field goal in their game yesterday. Burrow signs the richest contract ever, but the rain was just – it was pouring down. I mean, everybody's human. So that was one nice thing about Saturday's game. The weather was not a factor. Everyone said it was just beautiful over there. So – so if you're Kirk going into this week, and again, no disrespect to Western Michigan, Iowa should win this game. If you're Kirk, what are you emphasizing this week offensively in practice? Well, I would, uh, I'm sure that they're going to reemphasize fundamentals of football. And by that, I mean the offensive line is going to be working to sustain the blocks a little bit longer, working to get a little more movement than they got uh, in recent weeks. Um, you know, just perfecting their technique as far as how to how to be the best possible blocker with the with the God given ability that that I have as a player. Um, back to fundamentals, I'm sure they're going to start there. Um, I think I think our backs uh, need to own the fact uh, this that came out. I thought it was innocent. I don't know if it's accurate or not, but they claimed it to be. The TV people said Iowa after game one at 67 yards after contact, which was third worst in power five, they claimed. I don't know who measures yards after contact. It's probably some some poor grad student that played high school football that's keeping track of it. Who knows where those numbers are, um, are um, developed and, and uh, who knows how accurate they are. But mm-hmm. for what it's worth, they claimed that we were one of the worst teams in power five in terms of yards after contact. So the backs have to take offense to that because that's on them, of course. Uh, you know, backs do pride themselves in being capable of getting all kinds of yards after that first tackler shows up. And um, in that regard, we can, you know, become more lethal with the ball under our arms as a runner. And that's not just for the backs. That's also for tight ends and receivers. 
No, that's a good point. And I think that these – I mean, like Jayzion, the 59-yarder, it was hard to have yards after that contact there because he found the hole. The one thing I like about Jayzion, he seems to hit that hole really hard. Like that touchdown run, that four-yarder, there was a little traffic he had to get through there, but he seems to sense the gap and then boom. How important is that? Some of that stuff can't be coached, right? Some of that's natural ability, right? Yeah, you're right. And that touchdown run, if there was a crease, it wasn't very wide. Not, but it sure. was small. It was just a little sliver of daylight, but he somehow fit through it. And uh, I'm sure Iowa State was surprised that he came out on the other end. That was a four-yard touchdown run. Mm-hmm. And down there, of course, four yards are typically hard to come by. It is. The other thing about Jay Zion, too, and I wrote about this, Don, is he could have easily transferred. When it, uh, he came in with Caleb Johnson, they were both together. He's a former four-star, had big-time offers. When it became obvious that he was not going to be the featured guy last year, he kind of lost that competition against Caleb. He could have easily left this program and transferred somewhere else, where, while, like so many others are. But he stuck with it. Doesn't that tell you something about him? Yes, it does. And it, it says two things. It, it talks a lot. It addresses his character, that he's not afraid to – take on a challenge. Mm-hmm. He's not going to run from competition, but it also is a credit to the culture exactly. that's within the program. Yeah. Cause he's not nearly the only guy that, that chose to stay and, and fight the good fight. Uh, you know, Jay Higgins is a great example of that. Mm-hmm. Jay Higgins could have gotten discouraged playing behind Jack Campbell and uh, having Seth to deal with too, in terms of getting extra playing time mm-hmm. as a linebacker, but he didn't do that. It, it just says he's, he's a good teammate. Uh, Kirk has always emphasized character. Hayden always did the same. You can recruit great athletes, but unless they have character, you still got problems, I can promise you. Mm -hmm. So the trick is to recruit exceptional athletes that also happen to have exceptional character. That's how you're able to win championships. And when you stick around like that, too, like Jayzian, I think it shows that they trust the coaches. I don't. I think it shows that they don't think they're being screwed. They don't think they're being picked on. You just got to keep working. And that's what Jayzian said. He goes, I just kept my head down and kept working and knew my opportunity would come. And I think he trusted Kirk and the system. And now here we are. Now, I think I go ahead. I was going to say, it reminded me sometimes as a head coach uh, when I was at Western Illinois, you'd have a player come in and he would say, uh, Coach, I'll be honest with you. I think you have a full appreciation for how well I can play football. I don't think my position coach has that same high opinion of me that you do. And my response typically was, Joe, you're wrong. And for that matter, I'm confident that your coach is correct. You deserve as much playing time as you've been getting. And here's your problem. You can have the attitude that you're a victim, uh, but that's your attitude, that's your viewpoint that you're a victim. With all due respect, I think you're wrong. Your coach has paid good money to play the best players the most. Mm-hmm. That's what he's paid to do. If he doesn't do it well enough, I'll get another coach. So please understand, your attitude that you're a victim is the wrong attitude to have. The attitude you need is, I'll show him. He doesn't have a full appreciation yet. I haven't done his good a job as they need to to demonstrate that I deserve more playing time. And, you know, the funny thing that happens, of course, as you demonstrate that, here's an amazing thing as a result, you get more and more playing time. Mm-hmm. If you want a lot of touches as a skill player, you better do something with the ones you have. You know, if you want the ball to be thrown your way, you better make some great catches and do something after the catch. That At that point, I promise you, you're going to get the ball more. So, Don- so until you're productive as a player... 
I'm talking about skilled guys now, but it applies to O-linemen or D-linemen too. You want more playing time, make more plays. So Don, did, It's really that simple. Did, did you ever have a situation as a head coach where you had to step in with a position coach and say, hey, I think this guy needs to play more? Or did you, did you ever have to do that? Yes. Okay, so yes, there, there are times when it could happen where the head coach looks and says, yeah. you know, I don't like the way I think this kid deserves more playing time. So that does happen too sometimes. It does. I always reminded the coaches when we first uh, started the season uh, in a meeting, I would say, uh, to nobody in particular, some of you guys weren't even sure who your starter was a week ago. Now you've made that difficult decision to go with A over B. But I want to remind you here in game one, game two, game three, it's hot, it's humid. Don't be afraid to play the backup. You're the same guy that agonized over who's the better player. So play them both and yeah. decide based on game results who's the better player. Sometimes it was the backup that was the better player. Well, that's what heard that expression, Pat. Some guys are gamers. Yeah, like Chuck Hartley. True. Chuck Hartley was a perfect yeah, example some, of that. I think back to Rob Howland. He wouldn't make it a kicker in practice. But on Saturday, I'd take him every time. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And going back to the Iowa running backs, and I know it's Liddell that makes the game, but Brian Ferentz, obviously he approves of all three playing. I like that the way that they've utilized these three running backs so far. And Before we – I can't believe the hour's already up. I wanted to ask you the Michigan State situation with Mel Tucker. Obviously it's, it's disheartening for college football. Do you want to comment on that at all? How much do you know about it? Have you read anything about it? And it's just a really unfortunate situation for a school that's been through a little. Well, I'm heartbroken that, that the Big Ten has to go through stuff like this because it really is a mark against the conference, too. Uh, just unfortunate. All I can say is, you know, you work hard to develop a good reputation. Um, please don't do anything to ever tarnish it. Um, you know, just this past weekend, which was so meaningful for, for me, Lisa and I were over to watch Western Illinois play. Uh, it was the one opportunity I had uh, that we had to see him this fall because I'm, you know, doing some TV games for the Missouri Valley. And, mm-hmm. of course, I'm not going to miss an Iowa home game either. And uh, it was so meaningful. We'd just gotten to the game, and we were walking across the parking lot, and this man came up to us, and, and he said, Coach, you don't know me, but I just want to I, I thank you and congratulate you because you brought so much class and so much dignity to Leather Lake football. I could never properly thank you. And, um, you know, it, it almost brings tears to my eyes to, to recount what happened, but it was very meaningful mm-hmm. because you, you're, my goal, just like Kirk's goal, is to represent the University of Iowa as well as possible. That was my goal as an assistant at Iowa. It was my same goal at Western Illinois. My gosh, you know, Kirk as a head coach and me as a head coach, we better be great role models to our players because otherwise we're not doing our job. Yep. Uh, you know, you got to set a great example for your players. Um, you know, I remember one time a player told me, Coach, you don't realize one reason I always played so well is because I didn't want to disappoint you. Uh, you know, that's meaningful when you hear that as a coach because it, it just reminds you I am setting the right example for these young men. Uh, and uh, and that's the example that Kirk sets. And sadly, that's an example, I guess, that wasn't very well set at Michigan State. No, just... Maybe he was a great example to his players, but he was still he was still living a lie in other parts of his life. And now it's all going to come crashing down on him. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see how they settle the money here. D'Antonio's back as the associate head coach. 
somebody actually reached out to me, and I, 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 I mean, I guess we're um, speculating. Could you see Michigan State going after Phil Parker at this stage, or do you think that ship has sailed? If they were going to ever do that, they would have done it by now. Well, I, I could see it, I guess, but the reality, of course, is that uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Yes. Uh, do they have somebody from within that can be an interim coach before becoming the head well, coach? Well, Harlan Barnett's doing I it right now. They, Harlan Barnett. Remember, he's a former Michigan State player, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I do remember him as a player. I had great respect for him as a player. Uh, I would imagine he's been a really good assistant coach. I don't know that for a fact, uh, but it's kind of hard to imagine that he hasn't been. I know he certainly had a good reputation as a as a player and a coach mm-hmm. at, at Michigan State, for what I know. Uh, so it's entirely possible he'll be the interim and then he'll be, become the full-time head coach. Uh, I don't know that. Uh, so the time is not good for them, of course. They, no. can't make, they can't make Phil Parker their interim head coach right now. So uh, if they hire him, it's going to be after the season. And, and uh, I, I certainly think – I don't know how Phil – Phil may be a little bit like Bill Brazier. Yeah. As you recall – Bill Brazier should have gotten the offer to coach at North Texas years ago as a favorite son of North Texas. Uh, it wasn't an easy decision for him, I guess, at the time. When they came to Bill later, his response was, I'm good. I'm going to be the defensive coordinator in Iowa. Uh, I know Bill said that. And, uh, and right now, Phil Parker might feel a lot like Bill Brazier uh, maybe Phil honestly feels I don't have to be a head coach to prove my worth as a coach. Let's face it, is there a more worth, worthy defensive coordinator in college football no. than Phil Parker? I don't think so. No, I, no. And he did tell and us last maybe, year at Media Day, he did say he hasn't ruled out someday being a head coach, but he really loves it here, and the stability, the continuity in his life and his family's life has been important to him. But he didn't rule out the chance that it could happen. He's 60 years old, which, you know, they say now 60 is the new 40, right? Isn't that how we do since, uh, isn't that how we look at things now? But I mean, I did, that was just a name that's obviously going to be thrown out there. It'll be interesting to see. I hope Phil stays. I mean, I hope Phil just decides yeah. to retire as the Iowa defensive coordinator uh, and, or maybe someday he might be picked to replace Kirk. I don't know. So, well, Don, listen, this was another great hour of discussion. I'm very confident that we're going to be talking about a win next week but you never say never obviously you know more about competition stranger things have happened but i would be shocked if iowa doesn't win this game on saturday wouldn't you yeah yeah the challenge for for iowa this week um it's got to be something bigger than just to be three and oh we need to be three and oh and we need to feel good about that third game That's a great point so you know the challenge is to play up to our abilities and not play down to someone else's so let's play iowa football Let's focus on fundamentals. Let's be better at all the basics, uh, and let's feel good. Let's feel better about our team after the game than we do before the game. That's the challenge. Well said. And that fan that came up and congratulated you, that fan knows exactly what he's talking about because you did it with class, Kirk does it with class, Hayden did it with class, and Iowa fans were lucky to have all of you, Don. And we'll be back a week from now, I'm pretty sure, talking about 3-0 and and talking about a huge game coming up at Penn State. Well, you're very kind, Pat. I'll just say this. It's what the Iowa fans deserve, and it's what the Iowa players deserve. I agree with you, sir, and thank you again. Great stuff as usual. Enjoy the week, and we'll be back a week from now. You do the same, Pat. Take All right. Care. All righty. Um, you actually you contributed. 
You, I try. You guys, you, you got us. <laughs> you got us the information we needed on. I tried. Who was it? Who did you look up? TCU. 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 You've got yeah. your TCU, your TCU, TCU connections TCU. down there. They got yeah. a hold of you right away, didn't they? <laughs> yes. They... You're big down at Texas Christian. I've heard. Texas no. Christian all the time. Oh God, is that Night Ranger? Yeah. You're. A, <laughs> you've ridden that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. They did what? Uh, that's motoring. Yeah. Oh, God. Right, let's, let's take flight. a break. Can we take a break? <laughs> we'll be back. 1-800-800-ROSE. 1-800-800-ROSE, your FTD florist, is the only number you need to know to send flowers anywhere in the country or Canada from anywhere in the country. 1-800-800-ROSE. It's so easy. Just remember one number. 1-800-800-ROSE, your FTD florist. 1-800-800-ROSE. Remember... For a gift that your loved one will treasure for a lifetime, find it at our family-owned jewelry store in Iowa City, Pertine and Stocker Jewelers. We can show you diamond engagement rings, colored stones, fashion jewelry, and watches. Our jewelers are on site, so we can design jewelry for that special person in your life. We are Hertine and Stocker, serving Iowa City and the surrounding area for three generations. Hertine and Stocker Jewelers, downtown Iowa City, and HertineandStockerJewelers.com. As for Willa, Terry, Tim, or Kate, one of us is always there. Over the years, car keys have gotten extremely complex. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars can generate the most technically advanced automotive keys on the market today. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars can produce most conventional transponder, sidewinder, and remote-headed keys. If you've lost the keys to your car or simply need a duplicate, call 330-9185. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars has the technology to keep you on the road. Call 330-9185 and schedule an appointment today. The Sanctuary Pub in downtown Iowa City has been a fixture since 1972 and still features a classic menu such as the classic shepherd's pie, handcrafted pizzas, and craft beers and cocktails. The Sanctuary Pub is known for its warm and cozy atmosphere that's the perfect place to spend time with family and friends while enjoying live music. Support great local food with socially distanced dine-in, carry-out, and delivery through Chomp Delivery. The Sanctuary Pub is located at 405 South Gilbert Street. Full menu options are online at SanctuaryPub.com. Come experience the Sanctuary Pub. You won't ever want to leave. Car won't go into gear? Call Premier. Premier Automotive in North Liberty offers full-service mechanical auto repair, in addition to being Eastern Iowa's most trusted name in auto body repair. Use Premier for all your auto repair needs, brakes, oil changes, air conditioning, diagnostics, transmissions, or preventative maintenance. Whether you hit a deer or your car won't go into gear, see Premier Automotive in North Liberty. Are you tired of living in a home that doesn't quite meet your needs? Then it's time to call the experts at Streets Maintenance. Their team of skilled professionals specializes in renovations and remodeling transforming your home into the space you've always dreamed of. From kitchen bath remodels to complete home renovations, no job is too big or too small. Streets Maintenance will work with you every step of the way to ensure your vision becomes a reality. So don't wait any longer. Call Streets Maintenance to schedule your consultation at 400-4483. Let's start building your dream home today. On an athletic team, you need team players, good athletes, superior equipment, 
and the best coaches available. In real estate, you need to have a good title and settlement team at your disposal. Hi, this is Steve Anderson. Whether you're buying, selling, or refinancing, you need quality title and settlement services. Consider the team at Hawkeye Title. Give us a call at 351-8600. Hawkeye Title and Settlement, the team you love, the people you trust. Don't let just anyone take care of your smile. At Diamond Dental, you can expect compassion, expertise, and a personalized care plan to protect your teeth for life. With more than 30 years of combined experience, Dr. Forbes and his staff are prepared to tackle even your toughest dental problems, leaving your smile healthy and sparkling. Diamond Dental offers a full range of general and cosmetic dentistry, as well as dental treatment options for snoring and sleep apnea. It's never too early to start thinking about what's best for your smile. Schedule an appointment today by calling 319-390-3703 or visiting the office at 5815 Consul Street Northeast, Suite D1 in Cedar Rapids. You can also visit DiamondDentalPC.com for more information. Dr. Forbes is a proud sponsor of the Hawkeye Wrestling Club and the Inner Circle. Let the Diamond Dental team provide superior care for your entire family. When you go to a family restaurant, you want three things. One, a wide selection of breakfast, lunch, and dinner items. Two, you want those selections to be affordable and delicious. And three, you want to be treated like family. You get all three at the Midtown Family Restaurant. Breakfast items available anytime the doors are open. Legendary tenderloins, onion rings, and hot roast beef sandwiches. And special ribeye and shrimp nights. Daily specials at each location. And no matter if you're coming in solo or with a group of 20, you get the same special family treatment. The Midtown Family Restaurants at Court and Scott Streets and at the Walmart Plaza on Highway 1 West. Follow them on Facebook or at MidtownFamily.com. The family's waiting for you. GT Car, owner of Supel's Building and Remodeling, has been offering unmatched service and quality for over 25 years. The trained professionals at Supel's Building and Remodeling will install and guarantee the products used in any job, no matter how big or small. They also stand behind their work and offer no-nonsense, exceptional customer service, from Designed to completion and beyond. Whether it's a simple window replacement or a major house addition, you'll have the confidence that Supel's Building and Remodeling is committed to quality. Visit Supel's.net or call them today at 319-337-2246. If you're looking for a new or used car, truck, or SUV, you should know. Deary Ford is here for you. To give you the best selection and pricing on new Fords, Deary Ford is here for you. To work with long-term experienced sales and service reps, Deary Ford is here for you. To give you the highest trade values, Deary Ford is here for you. To provide pickup and delivery and mobile service for our customers, Deary Ford is here for you. Hurry in or shop online at DearyFord.com. Football fans, this is Bill Leichnering of the Oxyok Inn. We are on your way to or from the game. We're ready to serve you with the same quality food and customer service you've come to trust for over 80 years. The Oxyoke Inn is serving our famous Sunday brunch buffet with lunch, dinner, banquets, and carryout daily. From our Oxyoke family to yours, we can't wait to see you again soon in the heart of Amana. From the Hurtine and Stalker Studios in the heart of the Hawkeye Nation, this is the mighty 1630 KCJJ Iowa City. Hurtine and Stalker Jewelers, making memories, making moves. 
With your Iowa City forecast, I'm Corey Hartman. For today, showers and thunderstorms with a high near 67. For tonight, clearing out, lows around 49. For Tuesday, sunshine, a high near 72. Clear skies, a low around 49 Tuesday night. Sunshine and 72 again for Wednesday. Thursday, sunshine and a high near 75. That's weather from SevereStudios.com on the mighty 1630 KCJJ. It's 64 at our studios. KCJJ Weather, brought to you by Plum Supply. Plum Supply, kitchens and baths, your home never looks so beautiful. Hawk Fanatic is back. It's back. It's back. back. We're back. We're here. We're back. We're uh, breaking it down. Good breaking just, down the break. Breaking down the break. <laughs> what are you reading? Are you going to read us on? No, this Mel Tucker thing. Um, it's really unfortunate. It, it really is. The thing is, though, they only suspended him when they first found Now it's gone public, and my guess is they'll fire him now. It's kind of similar to what they did at Northwestern. They they do their punishment. It's not near as severe. Then the story goes public. Uh-oh, we better... We better. What exactly did he do? Well, or, or, basically... What are they saying he did? Phone, phone sex yeah. with a rape survivor victim yeah. advocate. Ah, who, Tucker who, who he invited to the campus to speak to the team, and then they she also was a honorary captain for a game, and they started having a flirtatious relationship over the phone, and then I guess he started having making unwanted sexual ah, advances okay. on the phone. She reported it, and and he's married. I mean that's the other thing. Uh, yeah. Okay, he acknowledged masturbating on the call, but said <laughs> Tracy grossly mischaracterized the episode. Well, how do you grossly mischaracterize that episode? He said that it was casual phone sex. But he's married. Yeah, I know. I mean, it, it just doesn't look good for a head coach making nine point five million dollars. He's he's yeah, in a you little. You think he'd have, good... he'd, have, uh, he'd have to make time for other things than that? Yeah, I think when you're in that position, you're held to a higher standard. Yeah, absolutely. Fair well, to say, there's a lot of people that could probably get away with having phone sex and have masturbate. Phone no, I have not. Have but you? I'm. Sh- I, have I? Yeah. No. I have. Yeah, and, he, and there's nobody even on the other line when he does it. <laughs> <laughs> I just call random numbers. He just calls himself. I, I just call random numbers that have recordings on them, and I, I talk to but them. But it's just not. It's just not the image you no, want. No, it's not 9. good. 5. I mean, they still owe him seventy million dollars. Eighty. Eight is it eighty? My wow. guess 80. is I'm guessing he's going to get some of that, don't you think? As part of a separation, just go get out of here. Get out of here. How much do you think he'll get of that? Uh, forty to fifty. Oh, you think he'll get that much? I saw I some people estimating twenty, thirty. Uh, is there a morality clause in his contract? Yes, though? that's what oh, they're yeah, using okay. to get rid of him. Can't do anything to embarrass the university. Why? Why would you do that? I mean, what the hell? I mean, what do you think his wife's thinking? Well, not good. (laughs) What do you think uh, uh, Jan would be thinking if I had phone sex? The only time I've had phone sex is when I got a loan from a bank. Ah, And they weren't aware that you were masturbating (laughs) on the other line, right? Not at all. So that's so they were not a willing participant. <laughs> no, not at all. No, it's just it's just the last thing the Big Ten Conference needs now. I mean, Michigan State had that Larry Nasser. Remember all that crap? Yeah. Oh, good God! I mean, they're yeah. just getting over that stuff, and now they have to deal with this. Oh, it's bad. It really I mean, is. It really is. And yeah. USA Today, I believe, was the one that did the yeah, did, did the, the investigation. That see, there's there's still a lot of good work being done there, and um, 
I just, I, I was just when I, I actually saw it when I was out walking yesterday, and I started, and I'm like, I can't believe this. I can't believe that he is throwing all this away just so he could beat off on the phone. It just doesn't make any. It's just ridiculous. Doesn't make any sense. Makes you wonder though if there's more going on upstairs. I mean, I don't know. I mean, just. Well, how do you mischaracterize it? <laughs> that's I mean, that's a pretty lame excuse. Yeah, I would real, love to know yeah. what I'd love to get his explanation. Yeah. I'd love to get his spin for why he doesn't think he should lose his job after he acknowledges that he was doing that. What would he say? What could he say? I don't know. It's just no, I don't get it. I really no, and she was know. a she was a rape victim years ago, yes. right? And she's become an advocate. Yeah. And that's how they got acquainted. He brought her in to speak to the players about, you know, rape awareness and all that stuff. And then meanwhile, he just, I don't know, it's just strange. Hello. Hello. I don't understand phone sex, and I don't ever care to understand it. (laughs) Well, thank God. (laughs) I feel much better knowing that, Karn. Anyway, anyway, I enjoyed seeing this freshman play field hockey. She scored four goals. She's got 16 in six games. That's amazing. Yeah. She is the Caitlin Clark of field hockey. Oh, she is. She really is. She had four goals Friday, too. It's like she's getting 30, 40 points a game in basketball. That's what this is. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're quite the story, man. This is going to be a fun, developing story. Look forward to going over there and covering some games. In the second quarter, it just poured down rain. Oh, yeah? Really? Nobody thought it was going to rain, Sarah, but it got soaked. I was smart because I took an umbrella in because I thought, well, if it's sunny, I want to be under shade. It was really scattered because it was raining here south of Iowa City, and then I, when I went into Coralville, like a half an hour later, it was dry as a bone. Yeah, I didn't get our my neighborhood in East Iowa City. We didn't get any rain. Yeah. Now we did last. What have we gotten since last night? And got almost uh, well since midnight. We got forty five hundred. So that's so half an inch. That's almost. that's yeah. great. Well, yeah. I think to we rain got all day today, or what? Yeah, uh, it's supposed to rain t- uh, for the next hour, and then uh, it's going to cease. According, but to we I, I just I, looked. I need to get groceries. Yeah, you'll was, be okay. <laughs> yeah, you'll be you should be fine. But I can tell my grass already looks better today than it did it was, two days ago. It was a good yeah, rain. There was some yeah, pockets things of, out there are starting to look a little greener. Yeah, we needed it. Thank you. Yep, some pockets of heavy rain, but mostly it was just kind of a nice steady rain all night. So was there a good crowd at the field hockey game? Yes, there was. was I've noticed our traffic is picking up on the website too for field hockey stories. Yeah. I think there's when you're number one and you have this phenom, that's gonna interest fans. Absolutely. Yeah, and so no, it's a fun story. And uh, what did you think of the uh, the quarterback for Iowa State? I thought he was just playing ahead of schedule. I just don't think they – he didn't – he was going to be their backup this year, and now he's thrust into this starting role, and I just think he's having to learn on the fly. He's not real big, doesn't have a real strong arm, and you could tell they don't trust him a lot yet because their game plan was so conservative, yeah. so conservative. And they kept showing his parents on Yes, TV. they did do that. Now, that yeah. wasn't bad because his mom is quite the looker. I will say that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mind that. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, have a good day. Okay. Well, he threw twice as many passes as McNamara. Yeah, but most of them were just little oh, dinks yeah, and yeah, dumps. Oh, yeah, just dump, dump balls. It reminded yeah. me of the Iowa offense in a lot of ways. Yeah. What I couldn't believe, though, is in the fourth quarter, they're down by two scores, and they're – there's like five and a half minutes left in the game, and they're letting the play clock go down to like two and three. Yeah, they were playing with no sense of urgency. I even tweeted they're playing like they think this game's five quarters. <laughs> yes. It just made. But Don brought up a good point. They played a lot not to lose. 
they seemed like they were afraid to make mistakes. And I do think, in fairness, everything's changed for them because of the gambling stuff. They, sure. Their quarterback's not there. That's and a huge hole to fill. It's pushed everything to an accelerated course of learning, a lot of learning on the fly, and that's what that looked like. I just think that quarterback wasn't ready to win a game like that. And McNamara, I thought McNamara did okay. I didn't think he was great. I still think he's – I think the injury's no, he's bugging him. Hurt. I think the injury's bugging him mentally, physically. I think it's affecting the play calling. And he did have a couple throws that I'm guessing he would like to have back. He missed a couple open receivers. He said, he said exactly that. But he the said, key thing is they're 2-0. and I mean, like yep. Kirk says, you can't be better than 2-0 and when you've played two games – I do believe they'll win conventionally, so they're going to go into conference play. They should be 3-0, and but I worry about that Penn State game. If Cade's not able to, to, to make all the plays that he's capable of because of that injury, that could be a problem because yep. that team's going to score. That, it's going to be a, asking a ton for that Iowa defense to go over there and hold Penn State to like 13, 14 points. That's going to be, they're going to probably have to score three, four, maybe four touchdowns to win that game, and that's what you want for this team. I mean, the last – Frontier for Kirk at this stage. They've shown they can win eight, nine, ten. The last thing is a Big Ten title. That's what's there. It's been almost two decades. That's where we are with expectations. When you stick around this long and you've won as much as Kirk has at different levels, the eight, nine, and ten win seasons, if they don't include that championship, that's what's net. That yeah. and that and they have to try to win it this year because it's going to get so much more difficult next year. So we'll see. I mean, but Kate is obviously he's not anywhere close to one hundred percent. So but he it, did not take a step back, though. That was the good news from Saturday. Yeah. He didn't aggravate the injury. So if they beat Penn State, do you see them winning out all, all the way through? I would never say that, but I would say they'd have a much better chance because that's, that's – I have them losing the, That's two the games. biggest game I have them the... losing Penn State and Wisconsin during the regular season. Now, I was not that impressed with Wisconsin. No, but there's Wisconsin. been other times where I've said I'm not that impressed with Wisconsin, and they beat Iowa. Yeah. It's just so hard to – I don't expect them to go 12-0. and but if they do beat Penn State, that will be a major. But the thing with Iowa, though, they're the kind of team they'll beat Penn State and then like lose the next game. They do <laughs> stuff they've like done that, that before. Or we'll see. Just like yeah. Kirk says, just got to take it one game at a time. Yeah. yeah, they do a really good job with that. And and I thought the the game was slightly better than last week's. I mean, they 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 it was basically the same game plan: score early and it got and boring in the second half. It, yeah, but that's that's the way Iowa plays. And, it is, and that's the way Iowa State played played right into Iowa's hands. But like yeah. Kirk has said. Yeah, I guess college football is entertainment, but Kirk's paid to graduate players and win games. I mean, the entertainment thing, I mean, that's not his concern. But, no, it got a little boring in the second half because you could tell both offenses just didn't have a lot. Right. Just And the Iowa defense looks like it's going to be real good again. They're always in the right position. Uh, these guys, they plug in. These Phil Parker's to the point now where they don't rebuild on defense. They reload. And I think we're seeing that again. So, But the big test is going to be what they can do against a really good Penn State offense. Yep. Hello. So I'm a little surprised that you're giving Brian Ferentz a pass on what happened on Saturday. I'm not giving him a full pass. Now, being at the game, I watched him run the same play three times in a row in the second half. The first time you ran it, it got some yardage. And then it was shut down for no game, and it was shut down for a loss. And it became a three and out, and we ended up having to punt. I mean, there were so many times that he was trying to run the ball up the middle, and that was not effective because they were loading the box, playing one-on-one coverage with the receivers. And, you know, his offense is so predictable still. I don't understand, you know, why. I, I got your idea on Kate because he was – you could tell that he had no mobility 
you know, he'd go back in the pocket and stand there and make his passes. But I, I just I hate giving a pass to Brian Ferentz all the time just because we're winning. I've been very critical about Brian Ferentz in numerous articles. Hell, his brother-in-law blocks me on Twitter, so I, I'm not <laughs> I'm not worried about being a homer towards Brian Ferentz. All I'm saying is if they connect on that Seth Anderson pass, if they connect on that pass where Lachey's wide open, those are deep seam routes, then things look a little better. One or two plays can change the whole complexion. I do remember the series you're talking about, and I tweeted that I thought that was a lost series. I didn't think that was good play calling, but you talk of – I've never – do you realize that a lot of good running teams have the box stacked against them and they still run the ball? It just seems like with so many Iowa fans, well, they're loading the box, we can't run. A lot of teams run with a loaded box. Why can't Iowa? I mean, Wisconsin's no, ran I against loaded that, boxes for years. That. But why can't Iowa run the ball against a loaded box? And I get that. But what he was trying to do more often than not, I was at the game. I was 11 rows back behind the Iowa. Well, fans. I watched the I game, watched too. I mean, I, I was going on there, and it was just – to me, he kept trying to run the ball up the middle, up the middle, up the middle. Then he got a little bit of success running the ball to the outside. And then it seemed like we went away from that, tried, especially in that one series where he ran the same exact play three times. You know, And it's like the last series that the Hawks had. It was predictable that he was going to run. The, and I know that's what you should be doing at that point in time. But for me, I would be trying to do everything I could not to give the ball back to Iowa State. But you know, there, there's one thing about them. Their time management there. Was I was terrible. surrounded by Iowa State play people that were just cussing at the top of their lungs <laughs> as they should have been. The way they played down the stretch. See, I'd be more concerned about why Iowa can't run the ball than why they're calling running plays at this stage. I, that that's just me. I just I don't get why they can't that why they can't run the ball. And in uh, the loaded box, I get it, but I watch teams run against loaded boxes all the time. Iowa's offense is predicated on running the ball. My guess is Brian is told by the head hawk, we got to get this running game going. We got to do this. And I think some of that could be the product of that. Now, no, I'm not giving Brian I but I did think Brian was way more aggressive than the Iowa State play caller. And But I think they're also playing with a quarterback right now that has no mobility. It was very similar to last year. Right now, McNamara has no more mobility than Spencer Peters because he's hurt. And I even tweeted a couple times, this offense reminds me of last year. And they ended up with 235 yards. So, I mean, so I get what you're saying, but I just think there's going to be times where that box is going to be loaded this year. And if they can't run the ball, they're going to be in trouble. I mean, they, they just are, and I don't know why they can't run the ball. I just don't get it. And, and what I saw, one more, one more thing, Pat, and I'll let you get back. They had success in that one running play where he just busted it open and took off. And it seemed to me like they thought they could run that play again and be successful with it. But I just think that, you know, there was good blocking at the line, and once he busted through the line, the secondary had nothing for him. I mean, you know, yeah, eventually they caught him and tackled him, but then – that burst of speed after he got through the line. Mm-hmm. And then we tried to go back to that play over and over again, and it just wasn't successful. And I, I get the whole Cade McNamara thing. And I, I, I don't know. Do you think it was his lack of mobility, or did they call those plays intentionally to not put him in a situation where he had to scramble? Oh, I think that's a big part of it. Don Patterson said the same thing. I mean, you saw when he tried to scramble against Utah State. You saw how much pain he was in when he really put a lot of stress on that right quad. It's just not it's just not healed. And those are those kind of injuries you don't really know where they are health wise until you challenge yourself, you know, until you make that spin move in the pocket where you put that tough plant into the ground. But you saw against Utah State, he was there were a couple of times where he was in noticeable pain, and I think they're trying to avoid those because you risk having him take a setback. 
It's a tough injury to deal yeah, with. Yeah, because there was one, there was like one third down play where you knew it was like third and one. You knew there was no way in the world they were going to run a quarterback sneak, and I knew Iowa State knew that too because they didn't stack over the center no. like you would expect. Well, plus Iowa said it. they weren't going to run sneaks. No, I do think the injury's part of that, but like I've said before. Nate Stanley was 245, almost 250 pounds. That helped him with sneaks. Spencer Petrus, even though he wasn't near as strong as Nate, still weighed 235, 240. Cade is small. He's not very big. I think that plays into it too. But I think the thing that they're missing right now, because when they got McNamara, all I kept reading about, and I wrote about it, and fans were, oh, my God, we're going to at least be able to make the pocket mobile. Because with Spencer, the big criticism was he just stood back there, no mobility, the pocket never moved. Well, right now, Cade's no different because of the injury, and I think it has put the offense in a real bind right now. And if that is making excuses for him, then so be it. But my biggest criticism of the offense is run the damn ball. You should be able to, with a veteran offensive line, with multiple guys having made multiple starts, they should be able to average four yards a carry, even if they are loading the box. That's what I don't understand. Well, the nice thing is we're 2-0. and We just beat Iowa State. Beat them. You know, when we walked off the field on Saturday, they walked off with class. Yep. You know, they all went over and grabbed the trophy, and they came off with class came over to the other corner of the end zone and sang the Iowa fight song, which was awesome. And, and they brought the you know, kid captain out. That was very they brought cool. the kid captain out with them, too, the kid yeah, captain for the yeah, game. I thought that was uh, really cool. Uh, the punter came over and got the little Tory kid. Taylor, yeah. Tory's off a, the wall and took him out there. I thought that, that was, was really cool. Move. No, it really was. That Tory Taylor's a class act. He's a very mature adult. He's 26 years old. He's the 12th oldest player in college football. But, no, that was winning with class, and they definitely did that. Yeah, it's boring. Hey, you were real quick. One more thing: the Iowa State punter was amazing. He when he would kick the ball, he would get the spiral on it. You know, he would turn it over, yeah. and he was getting some height. Like, I don't want to say he's Reggie Roby, but man, he was getting height like Reggie Roby used to get when I'd see him kick. Yeah, I mean, he's good. There was a couple of his punts that were just monster heights on that. No, he was good last year too. No, they've got and that kicker from Nebraska looked pretty good. I mean, they look like they've got their kicking game resolved. I just. Just think, if they can't run the ball with this quarterback playing ahead of schedule, that's going to be a problem. Yeah. Well, go Hawks. Let's get a, get a win against Michigan and Western Michigan and then go after Penn State. So. That's all you can do. All right. One at a time. Thanks. That's Appreciate it. the call. Thanks, Pat. Yeah, and I don't want to sound like I'm making excuses for Brian Ferentz, but there's times where I want to be careful where I'm not. Because I've been pretty critical of Brian Ferentz in a lot of articles. And, I mean, but you have to be. The offense has issues, but I just didn't have a major problem with a lot of the play calling. I just have, I just cannot figure out why this team can't run the ball better. I know teams are loading the box, but like I say, a lot of good running teams, they handle that. They still can run. But I do think with McNamara's limitations right now, it's kind of put this offense in sort of a, a conservative mode. I think they planned on using Cade a lot differently than what they have been, but there's nothing they can do about that because injuries are injuries. Yeah, it's, it, I mean, I thought they played, I don't know, I, I was happy they won, but I thought they played a little better. I mean, they, I mean, well, they scored um, seven points against Iowa State last year. This year they scored 20, so there's progress. Now, granted, <laughs> the defense did score one of the touchdowns. I mean, the defense has got um, at least one pick six, I think they were saying, in 16 straight seasons. Wow. Was that the stat? Or, and there was another one that was their 25th pick six since 2003. Just incredible defensive statistics. And that play with Castro, if you heard his explanation, that was experience. I mean, he's a fifth-year senior. He knew exactly where to be because he's prepared. He's got experience. 
He's smart, and they, just the repetitions and everything. Yep. He knew exactly what they were going to do. He sniffed out the play right away, went and anticipated the route in the flat, cut it off, and boom, there you got to pick six. That's preparation, that's coaching, and that's experience. Yeah, we went and uh, uh, during one of the uh, one of the timeouts, uh, commercial timeouts, we went and had a six course dinner and came back and didn't, <laughs> didn't miss a thing. Yeah, they're long, aren't they? God. Ugh. Fox is the worst. Oh, they are the worst. I mean, they, <laughs> I mean, I mean, they have some te- um, commercial breaks that are four minutes long. Yeah, that's a long time to interrupt a game, and yeah. I think there's times where it might even disrupt the flow of the players on the field. To, I would think it would to be go to go from playing, and all of a sudden you got to stand for four minutes. It's but that ain't changing, guys. It's no. probably only going to get worse because there's so much money involved with them. You know how much we all love money. Well, they all should raise their rates. And then, you know, I mean, I, it, I don't know. You think the same advertisers would still advertise if they raised their rates? Yeah. You got to get that audience. Yeah. I mean, that's sometimes what you have to do. What do you think of the political stuff? Um, you mean at the game? Yeah, I mean, it was funny. You'd see some, they'd show ones of Trump being flipped off. Then you'd see another one where people that were practically bowing and worshiping him. You know, I yeah. guess it just depends on what your perception was at it. They did show one funny one. They showed like a DeSantis camp where you could sign up to buy to raffle off hats. Not one signature. <laughs> no. Nobody had signed. <laughs> no, and there was a lot of flipping off. So yeah, yeah. by both teams, by both fans rather. Basically. But there was also a lot of Trump worship yeah. there too. I mean, I saw like a lady crying because oh, he touched her hand, oh. and she's like, "I can't believe it." You know, just you know, like because. Yeah. That's where it seems like you are with him now. People either hate him or they worship him. There doesn't seem but to be th- much in between. I think that a lot of people thought just, you know, came for the game. And I think they were, uh, at least the comments I read. Basically uh, inconvenienced by their Yeah, appearance. they don't care whether you're right. a Republican or Democrat. We came for the game. Yeah, yeah. and there's times where you don't. Politics doesn't have to seep into everything. Uh-uh. I it's, was waiting for Trump, though, when the Iowa was winning 20 to 3. I was waiting for him to take credit for the defense. You know? <laughs> well, you know, Phil Parker learned everything from me. I was waiting for him to do that. But that guy that you've seen the picture of the guy flipping him off. Yeah. yeah. You know, people know who that guy is. I wonder how he's, how that's going over for that guy. Because that was pretty blatant. And Trump was just waving, you know. Yeah. You know, he had to see it. It was like 15 feet in front of him. <laughs> And he was Iowa State. And it was definitely an Iowa State fan. Yeah. 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 So, but, and then did Asha Hutchinson actually show up and nobody probably even knew he was there? I think he did. He did. He was there. No, nobody really. And so was Ramaswamy. He was there. He was there too? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't see. Yeah. Nobody cared. <laughs> nobody cared. Did you see his interview with that Madai? Yeah. Wow. It just destroyed him. He just can't keep his... Uh, his lie straight. Well, he's just a mess. I mean, <laughs> and if he thinks that the Republicans and the far right would ever, you know... Oh, he's not going to be there. Uh, not at all. I think he's bucking for VP, but I think Trump's going to have a he's woman. He's not going to, yeah. He'll have that Christy Nome who's hot. <laughs> She's hot. Yeah, but won't that piss off well, the lady in Arizona? Well, it'll piss off the... Uh, evidently, Carrie will piss off the... Uh, MSU coach, but I mean, <laughs> he's calling her right now. <laughs> Might piss off Milani. <laughs> you know, it's, how about the thing, the plane that flew over saying, Where's Milani? Yeah, you I saw that? Was, yeah. It was great. <laughs> so, yeah, people had fun with it. But, you know, we got to enjoy the game while we can because I don't think it's going to be around much longer. Somebody paid 450 for that or five. 
hundred. I would think so. That's how much it is. Well, when we God, flew, I, that seems pretty cheap. We flew a banner over the when we were doing the unofficial games. And we flew a banner, and it cost us like three and a quarter. See, I thought I figured it'd be more. That's really not that bad. No, it flew all the. It kept flying over the whole game. <laughs> yeah, the guy, the guy was on our side. Maybe he gave me a price break or something. I don't know. What did your banner say? Uh, KCJJ welcomes all Hawk fans. <laughs> so that was over an Iowa football game. Yeah. How long ago? I don't uh, know. Before nineteen ninety-seven. Oh, okay. I would have been yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure I, maybe I do remember. I just don't remember it happening now. But um, Well, it couldn't happen after, after uh, 9-11. Oh. Remember, they stopped all flights over everything. Yeah, no, I, yeah. No, I, I do re- obviously remember that. And God, to think it's been 22 years. I know. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, I remember exactly where I was. I'm sure you guys do. Well, no. You were probably on the air, weren't you? Yep, I was on the air. Yeah, weren't I know you exa- on the air? Yep. Yeah. But not here. But no. Yeah, and then I'm sure that basically just altered your coverage for. That actually changed Anthony, and I mean seriously. It was like, um, PST, uh, PTSD. What he stopped ripping people. Uh, <laughs> yeah, became kinder. For how that long? Was very serious. Forever. Uh, yeah. Wow. No, it, it just. It, and I watched it happen. It just changed him. He was in shock. I think and we all were. Just, yeah. But, I mean, he really took it mentally uh, a lot farther than, than most. Yeah, it's amazing. that. It's, I mean, they were talking this morning about some of the some of the men who got killed, their wives were pregnant with. Yeah. Those kids are now all graduating from college. Yeah. Think yeah. about that. Isn't yeah. that something? Yeah, that's incredible when you think about it. Yeah, and there are people still dealing with the illnesses. Sure. Yeah. No, it's. Just... I mean the lo- the respiratory disease and everything. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, and I saw people ripping Biden because he wasn't going to be there. But if he was there, they would have ripped him for not being at the summit thing. I mean, he can't well, clone he was himself. at the summit thing, and then he went and visited the, the grave sites. We've got soldiers yeah, I mean, yeah. over in Vietnam, and he uh, paid tribute to those. Yeah, I mean, that was a no-win set. They're going to find yeah. something to rip Oh, yeah, yeah. They'll find something to rip him on. There's nothing he can do do about that. But, but yeah, no, it's – um, and I assume what's going on on TV right now, are they is – it, is, it, is it full coverage of 9-11 stuff? No, they've – well, no, they, they did the memorial. They read off the names, right? Yeah. 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 They've already done that? Because doesn't that take a while? Well, they might still be doing still it. Doing I haven't been paying. Isn't it like 2,300 names? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's more than that. It's 20. But – um, 27 or 28. They did. They broke in and did the moment of silence and the playing of taps and and so forth. But um, yeah, we carried all that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what else you do. It's 22 years. Still, sound, still feels fresh in the memory. That's well, for sure. It sure. Have does. you seen the? Well, you've never been to New York, so you haven't seen the the no. Ground Zero. It's pretty cool. I you would know, like to. I'd like to see it's that. It's pretty neat. When we did, you ever dub off the stuff for Brooke? I'm. It's on my list of things to do. I get to it because I, I. I thought of that over the weekend. Yeah. I need to get it done. Brooke Bigford was our news director then, and we sent her out to uh, Ground Zero in December, uh, of that year, and it. And she interviewed people. And, and Brooks worked with NBC before. She was just a pro, mm-hmm. and. Uh, that's one of the best broadcasts I think 
just by me running the board, uh, one of the best broadcasts that we ever aired. It was that I ever had a part of. It was just amazing. And she interviewed all these people that, and talked about the loved ones they lost and everything. And they were still there in December around uh, Christmas. Oh, yeah. They were still at the site. Now, I'll never forget the images of the people jumping off the, oh, just, out of the windows. Yeah. That's, and then hearing the bodies. Uh, that's no, still, just, that's just something that will stay with you forever. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it was uh, cool this morning how they had, uh, well, some of their own uh, kids that lost their parents in their uh, reading, mm-hmm. reading the names, and uh, and younger, you know, younger kids because they want them to remember. Sure. Even though they don't remember, they want them to to feel. And it. now we have such an unusual relationship with Saudi Arabia. I mean, it's just. I don't get it. I'll never get over that. I mean, because most of those guys were from Saudi Arabia, weren't they? Almost mm-hmm. all of them. Yeah. Well, it was they funded them. Mm-hmm. They that uh, Saudi family that uh, you know, and political or not that uh, gave uh, so much to uh, to uh, Jared Kushner and uh, well, and the go- they got and, the golf tournament. Yeah, the and golf- has uh, you know, uh, you know, they have stock in Fox. The Saudi com- family helped fund that. It's a very complicated situation. Yeah. Now we're going to go back to the Hawks. <laughs> no, we had a full dose of Hawks today yeah. with Don. That was good stuff as usual. And I, I didn't know if I, sh- I, I just felt like I should ask him about the Mill Tucker stuff because I. No, I think that. And, was, and I don't think he had a problem uh-uh. addressing that because that's what everyone's talking about right now. Well, it is ridiculous. I mean. It's just ridiculous. You got what was he? Ninety million dollars. Ninety. Um, Ninety-two or something. actually almost close to a hundred. Yeah, and nine point five million a year. And is you, what he was earning. You know, wow. and a marriage for phone sex. I mean, and I never thought I'd hear from a rape I, victim I, too, though. Yeah. that's how they met. That's the circumstances. Of how well, they and met. I never thought I'd hear Karn say the good. Uh, Words, phone sex. <laughs> well, were you ever under the impression that Karn was big into phone sex? Uh, no. I never was. No. So I was not surprised. No, I just never thought I'd, I'd hear that. I love her. You broke out laughing when she said the words phone sex. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. Yeah, and no, it's just the kind of story. Some of the stuff you can't, you couldn't have made up more strange stories. I mean, just... Starting with the Sandusky stuff, the Larry Nasser, that doctor at Ohio State that was supposedly molesting wrestlers. And people yeah, are like, well, yeah. how can you molest a wrestler? They just kick your... You don't... Power can make even the strongest well, person. Yeah. And a lot of it's circumstances where you are, too. I'm sure there's probably, you know, some of these wrestlers, if they were not in a public setting, they maybe would have acted differently. But there's, you know, there's consequences for doing stuff in a public setting, you know? I mean being tougher than the person next to you doesn't always work because you're going to get in trouble either way. And hey, they're human beings. And they're human too. beings, too. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I just... But, yeah, that, there's just... The Big Ten has taken some real hits. It's ridiculous. And, yeah, th- this is just... I don't know. It's just really... Now, uh, I did manage over the phone this morning uh, to uh, to pay my Verizon bill. I'm guessing, though, you were not aroused by that, though. No. <laughs> no, I was frustrated. <laughs> I was very frustrated. Yes. And there was a lot of curse I doused words. my face with cold water. Yeah, that's definitely not phone sex. <laughs> no. That's no, but it's, it's, 
at times feels like you're getting enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, Jesus Christ, just to pay a bill every month. It's just ridiculous. So, do you ever think about sending just a check every month? Yeah, we, can we you put it on your... Just start sending checks. That's what I do to Verizon. The well, problem is, get, though, we, if, they, if they don't get the check the moment it's due... Then they start reaching, hey, hey, you're late, you're late, you're well, late. Well, I, I got it anyway, reminders on the second. Well, you're you going to have to tell me how much it third. is because we don't get a bill anymore. How do you not get a bill? A paperless billing. Oh, see, I still get a bill for, but I'm not a business. Well, like today you. it was 403 Just for one month? Yeah. Wow. What was that? Well, that's four phones. And yeah. that, that's, that's actually five phones because our remote... Uh, Right. Remote, now, does uh, that include the step. international uh, coverage that uh, yeah, they bought? So everything. that's probably why it's higher. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Hello. We'd gone to the City High ribbon cutting for the gym that John Ballmer was talking yeah, about. Yeah, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't get up there yesterday because I had a couple of interviews I had to do. But how, did you go? Yeah, and uh, the old gym, the original gym, the uh-huh. entire thing is. State-of-the-art weightlifting equipment, probably more equipment than Planet Fitness. It was impressive. <laughs> no, I'm going to go up there and check it out. I wished I could have gotten up there yesterday, but it was between 1 and 3, and just a couple things popped up. But I will get over there because, no, it's really neat what they've done over there. I mean, it really is. And it shows and it, you community, it, when people work together, rally together, what you can accomplish. Exactly. That's cool. Thank you. Yep. But, yeah, the new gym over at City High is really nice. And it was long overdue, and they got it done. Yeah. And this thing, like I said, I'm gonna make. I'm gonna try to get over there um, at some point. I, like I said, I just couldn't. I just couldn't. A couple things just developed late, and what have you. But no, John Bomber, those people yeah. deserve a lot of credit for no, doing that. They do for raising the money, for taking the time, because that stuff's not easy. No, it's hard work, and it's it's not easy to get people uh-uh. to give money away. You know, there's. No, well, not especially in these times. Yeah, with inflation. I mean, yeah. So yeah, no, I, that's a lot of nice work by, and it was, it was. They needed that. They needed that for the high school, and I'm glad that they were able to do that. Did you watch any NFL yesterday? I watched as much as the Bears as I could Jeez. tolerate. <laughs> God, did they suck? I, yeah, because well, I, I still don't think the Packers are very good. I mean, I. No, I'm, they, they. No, there's the, I, Jordan Love is no. Uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers by any stretch. Well, he looked pretty good yesterday. He did, but look who he was playing. Yeah, they, and I, they and didn't look like they were they were ready for even a preseason game. So. But who knows? Maybe Jordan Roger or Jordan Love will actually be able to win some playoff games, unlike Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. You know, so but right now San Francisco looks like they're heads and shoulders above everybody. I mean, they look incredible, and the Iowa State quarterback Brock Purdy, he looks good, and yeah. they look the best of anybody that I saw. Um, yesterday, Dallas looked incredible, but the Giants just uh, Giants just never showed up. They were terrible. They couldn't block Dallas's defense. They could not protect their quarterback. And you think at this level that they would be able to do that. So, but yeah, the Bears game was really disappointing. I mean, their best play on offense is still Justin Fields running for his life. That's their best. <laughs> and that big stud receiver that they signed, DJ Moore, he was not happy. He had some bad body language already for the first game he didn't come there you know everyone's like well shut up and just earn your money well i mean yeah money's a big part of it but he didn't come there to get two i think at one point in third quarter he had two targets and you could tell he was really frustrated well they they showed a picture of the of the bench and this is midway through the second half and 
I think one of the announcers because they look like they've already lost. Oh, that was that was when they showed DJ Moore. He was pissed. Yeah, they were. He just was stewing. Dejected. He was pouting a little bit because he yep. wasn't getting the ball. But like I said, I still don't think the Packers are that great. I think they're going to lose some games this year. And Jordan Love, I mean, he missed a lot of receivers. I mean, his, yeah. he was, for a lot of the game, he was below 500 in completion percentage. They, the, It's just the Bears were so bad. I don't think there was any way the Packers were going to lose that game yesterday. They couldn't. The Bears would not allow the Packers to lose that game because the Bears were just terrible. Yeah. So, yeah, it, being a Bears fan is tough. It's, it always <laughs> has been. I, I think Detroit might be the best team in that division. They were impressive. Uh, they, I think they might be. I think they've got the best quarterback right now. Jared Goff, didn't he win a Super Bowl with the Rams? I think so. I think he did, and then they basically got rid of him because they wanted, um, um, of course, the former Detroit quarterback, whose name right now is escaping me. Um, you know, the guy. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I can't remember his name, but I think. Cousins. Jo- um, no, not Cousins. Um, um Cousins plays for the Vikings. That's right. And the Vikings, um, they got beat by Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, that was a big win for them. Cade, yep. um, not Cade McNamara. The Baker Mayfield was terrible in the first half, was good in the second half. I, I think this, the Bears division, much like the Big Ten West, is not very good. No, you're right. I don't you're think right. there's a real good team, and Detroit might be the best of those teams. And that that would be great, actually, for, the, for Detroit. But – when was the Bears? Bears haven't won a Super Bowl since 1985, and they were in, they were in one. Oh, that's right. It was Anthony Stafford that won the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. For the um, for the Rams. Yeah. Not um, not Jared Goff. Stan- Stafford used to be the Detroit quarterback. Right. But boy, did they take a slide last year. They were nothing like they were the year before. So, and then the who was it that destroyed the? Well, it was San Francisco Detroit. The Steelers. I, I know Tommy's a big Steelers fan, but the Steelers got some issues. They're yeah. just not very good. Yeah. And I say that as a Bears fan. Steelers, Bears. You imagine that game being <laughs> ten to three. It'd be yeah. brutal. But the 49ers are really good. Kittle's finally healthy again. They they look like they're gonna have some fun this year. It's just fun having I, I love the start of football for pro college, high school. This is a fun time of year. Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing to think when Iowa plays this Saturday, they will already be one fourth of the way through their schedule. Football <laughs> goes fast. Too. I know, real fast. It, whereas basketball goes on forever, it seems. Yeah. Football goes really yeah. fast. Yeah. And it is, a, it is a very noteworthy accomplishment for Kirk to win 200 games. That's a lot of victories. That's a lot of wins and a lot of consistency over time. And, and you have to take your, tip your hat off to him. because it's. It, and, I, and I know he tried his best not to be emotional in front of the media, but they showed some of the locker room, and he, yeah. was, and he was completely in tears with his players. And that's where you want him that to be is. the most emotional. Sure. It's yeah. around the people in the inside of the program. I get that. As a media guy, if he doesn't cry and gush in front of us, I'm okay with that. I understand that. Save your emotions for the people that matter the most. Yep. That's kind of how I look yeah. at it. Like, well, you usually get off the I, air and then cry, right? Oh, yeah. I, we've, I cry every day. We have a good cry in his <laughs> office every afternoon. <laughs> Any updates from Suter? Uh, where is he now? He is in uh, uh, somewhere uh, in Croatia, and he's like basically a town away from my brother who has a girlfriend in Croatia. So you going to look him up? Back and forth. They were talking to each other on, on Facebook. So is he on the cruise part of the trip now? Uh, I think he's. Uh, yeah, he showed he showed the boat moving. He showed the. <laughs> the <laughs> I guess that. Is he still it, not back for another eight or nine days? Is no, he? he's back uh, the nineteenth week from Tuesday. Week from Tuesday. 
So. Okay, so hopefully Tom's. I'm sure he's having fun over there. He, uh, the last picture, I he was drinking some wine. There you go. Well, that's his couple glasses of wine and a couple tumblers of scotch is his go-to. Yeah. That's, he doesn't have time for beer. He's, he's moved beyond beer. Yeah. yeah, he's not much of a beer. He says beer's silly. Yeah. Beer drinkers are silly. That's what he told me. <laughs> he's, he's, he's better than beer is basically what he's saying. Yeah. He doesn't need it. He's better than not that. enough alcohol content in light beer. He rolls his eyes at light beer. He laughs at you. He does. He does laugh at me. <laughs> so... But I'm um, trying to think. Um, yeah, field hockey, soccer is six zero and one. Yep, they're off to a really good start. Volleyball, they're no, they're th- six and four. That's not that's a good start for them. Yeah, it is. Um, they got beat yesterday by Grand Canyon. Yeah. They got swept. I'm assuming Grand Canyon's pretty good. We'll be able to get the real test for volleyball. See what they do against Big Ten competition. Yeah, yeah. So, but no, soccer is off to a really good start. And of course, the field hockey story is really cool, and it's going to continue. This Dion Van Alsom, this she's quite a story. I mean, she really is. I mean, yeah. it's, I mean, 16 goals in six games, that's just wow. incredible. That is amazing. Yeah, no, it really is. So, And we've had Lisa. I'm, I'm happy for Lisa. Lisa's great on the radio. She's, she's a great ambassador for that program. She's done a hell of a job since taking over a real – you guys remember the circumstances when she got promoted. It was – I mean, there was a lot of turmoil in that program. That's right, there was. And she has navigated through that incredibly. I'm so impressed with what she's done with that field hockey program. Well, I guess that's it. Yeah, thanks again to Don Patterson. We'll have Don on again next Monday. I, like I said, I, I, I don't like to dismiss opponents, but Western Michigan has no business winning that game. They've beaten Iowa before, but those were better Western God. Michigan teams, and Iowa wasn't good. I was the, at that either. game. Well, 2000 nice 2007. <laughs> well, the 2007 God. team ended up being 6-6. Six and six. They weren't that good. And the 2000 Iowa team won three games. So, the circumstances are way different. It would, uh, this would be a major disappointing upset. It was cold. It was miserable. And they were playing to get into a bowl game, and they yeah. just laid a big and egg. Bud was just beside himself. Oh, You're talking about the 07 game. Uh, yeah, where he started. It was the last game of the season. He, was, he started praying, and I said, you don't want to ask God to look at this. What are you doing? So he was he praying for a win? Is that how desperate he got? I think so. It wasn't going to help that day. <laughs> I told him that. He's doing the Catholic thing, you know, the, the cross and everything. I said, quit it. <laughs> just quit but it. to think, that team had a bowl game riding on yeah. that game, and still they came out and just I think that showed that they just weren't a very good team. They just weren't. So no, I don't think that's going to – I don't think we're going to see a repeat of that on Saturday. I would hope not. If we, if we do, then we have yeah. a major story yeah. for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. We don't want that. So, all right, everybody, have a good Monday, and – Thank you for the rain, whoever I should thank. (laughs) Hawkfanatic.com. Check it out. It is free.